saw myself going through my days and literally just maintaining like stuff. That's all I did. And I knew that that was the truth. That's, I felt it. That's all I did. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of the perfect podcast. I'm your host, Lauren, and I have no idea what I'm doing, but no one really does. So let's talk about it. I am a published author, blogger, and podcast host, and my content explores the intersection of mental health and social media use. And who better to ask about that than the people who need to be online? Every Friday, I speak to influential content creators like authors, entrepreneurs, influencers, bloggers, actresses, coaches, podcasters, and I ask them how they manage a healthy relationship with social media. How do they balance showing up here and doing their work while maintaining a healthy mental state. The Perfect Podcast is a filter-free zone, so we get into all of it. We find out all about the parts of our guest lives that don't make it online. And by the end of it, it feels like you just made a new best friend. We have so much to learn from each other, and my goal for this show is to prove to you that you are not alone. Here's what happens when people stop using filters and start getting real. Let's do it. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of The Perfect Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren, and I am so happy that you're here. Um, today I'm actually sharing a conversation with a guest that I have pre-recorded. Um, if you've been listening during this time, you know that I'm kind of going back and forth deciding whether or not to share these pre-recorded episodes or just um, have a solo episode. It kind of just depends on how I'm feeling that week, honestly. Um, and I felt really called to share this conversation with you guys now. Um, at first, I was like a little iffy about it because I was worried that I would share it and you wouldn't be able to do anything with the information that she's she's sharing. And it's so valuable and I didn't want it to get lost. But now that we've been home for this long, I think that you guys will be able to do plenty with with this conversation and it's really going to assist us all during this time and and during the times after it as well. Um, but before we get into that, I did want to just check in because I like doing that especially right now. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm feeling <sighs> I mean, I'm of course feeling very fortunate and grateful, you know, of all the places to be, of all the people to be with, of all the lives to have, like, I have the best of the best. I know that. Um, we are safe. We are healthy. We're together. We have access to everything we need. Um, the weather's been nice, you know, like it's, we're good. We're more than good. Um, that doesn't negate the fact that it's also been really challenging. Not all day, every day, but parts of the day are really hard and some days are harder than others. And I'm allowed to admit that. And so are you. Like admitting that things are hard doesn't mean that you're ungrateful or unappreciative for all the wonderful, positive, good things in your life. Um, and if we continue ignoring or denying the hard parts, like they fester and they build up into bitterness and resentment and that's not good for anybody. So as you all know, this is a judgment-free zone, filter-free zone. We're allowed to say and feel whatever we want without judgment. And 
that's what I'm going to do. So one of the things that I'm finding very hard to, you know, just hard to, just hard, it's just hard. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it, is the fact that this is all becoming really normal. It's starting to feel normal. It's hard to remember what things were like before this. And that's challenging for me, but like as an adult who's moved through so many different phases and seasons of life, like that's okay. But I, I just don't like that that's happening to my kids. I don't like that it's disrupting their lives this much. I don't like that they're being forced into this big uprooting and transition. Um, yeah. So I'm just trying to be really mindful of that, mindful of their feelings of their, you know, mental states, checking in with them, making things light and positive and fun and just kind of gearing our days around what they need. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of, kind of tricky. There's three of them. They're different ages. I don't know. But all in all, we're doing really, really well. They're doing really well with their schoolwork. They're staying busy. We're getting so much quality time. Like, wow. Wow. Like, invaluable. It's amazing. That's really, really cool. Um, We all get on each other's nerves every now and then. But at the end of the day, like, we're all so lucky to have each other. Um, But, yeah. I think that's like that's like it. I also don't like the feeling of like getting going outside of my house and feeling unsafe. Of course, that is like the reality for so many people all the time in like before all this was happening. Um but yeah, that's just something that I've noticed like it's a, a foreign feeling for me, which I know I'm very lucky to be able to say that, but like, I mean, I haven't been leaving the house really. We've just taken walks and rid- ridden our bicycles. And um, I don't feel too worried about that because there's not that many people around. And when we do come in contact with like other neighbors on the street and stuff, we um, kind of just go to the other side or make sure we keep distance and and that's fine. But I went to the pharmacy. I had to pick up some stuff for the kids and I did the drive through at the pharmacy and it just felt so weird. Like, like the pharmacist was wearing a mask and I had hand sanitizer and it was fine. But I like just having the window open and having like their little slot open that was going, I was like, germs are going to fly into my face. And like, I like felt weird just like even breathing. Like it was so bizarre and surreal. Like the things that I was thinking about, like I like didn't want to like, touch I had to like wipe down my driver's license and like touch the bag with like a a wipe and put the bag on the car like I don't know it was just like a lot of extra mental steps and like that's just every day the groceries have to get sanitized um if the kids touch something when we're out on a walk like accidentally we have to make sure we go straight home because we didn't bring hand sanitizer and they're going to put their hands in their mouth. And what if somebody else touched that? Like all of the extra steps our brains are having to do, like all this mental gymnastics is exhausting. Like on top of all the other reasons this is really exhausting and tiring, that's one of them. So maybe that's been taking a toll. Um, But yeah, I guess that's a really good segue into what we're talking about today on the episode with our guest. 
um, which is clutter and not just physical clutter, but mental clutter. And I feel like all of us are living with that right now. So our guest today is Ali Casaza. She has been referred to as the life minimalist. She is a chart-topping podcaster and entrepreneur, and her work involves helping women specifically learn how to clear out the clutter, whether it's physical clutter, emotional clutter, mental clutter, all different types of clutter, learning how to clear it out in order to combat the overwhelm that comes with motherhood. Um, So in our conversation that you'll hear now, she shares her whole story. She explains where she started, um, where her motherhood journey began, when she got to that breaking point that things needed to change and how she made that pivot and just everything that's come along the way since then. And her insight is just so valuable. And like the tips that she offers, I didn't know her before this episode, like before talking to her for the episode. And since having this conversation with her, I've started following her content and consuming what she puts out. And it's just so valuable. Like I learned so much. It offers so many actionable tips that I can like use in my life right now. Um, And I feel like I was nervous to share this episode, like I said, earlier on during this whole like quarantine thing, which is when it was scheduled to come out because I was worried like, you know, we don't know how long we're going to be stuck home. Like we're, it was just like, we were just starting to be stuck home and I didn't want to like pressure. I I didn't want to put any pressure on any of you to feel like you had to go like clean out your closet and organize stuff and whatever. But now I feel like, okay, like we've been home. We know how that feels. We don't know how much longer we're going to be home, but we're, you know, preparing for it to be a long time. And so what better time then to take stock in what's necessary, what's essential, right? Like that is a big word right now, like essential workers, like what is essential? Buying the essentials. Like that is a word that is just super highlighted right now in life. And it's so relevant to this conversation because if we have to take that same type of inventory in our own lives, Like going through a closet and what's essential? What do we use every day? Like, what do we love? Like that kind of conversation and getting rid of the excess, getting rid of the things that are not essential, that don't need to be there. Um, Same with that, you know, then morphs into like our emotions and our mental state and like the things that like our to-do lists, like just trimming the fat and getting to the core of like what is actually essential. I mean, those are like the main core beliefs of minimalism, intentionalism, essentialism, like the, it goes by name, many names, but that's basically what it's about. It's taking stock in what's accumulated in our lives physically and otherwise and getting rid of the things that are not needed anymore. Um, and the freedom that's on the other side of that, the freedom that comes with that. So that's what the conversation today is how to make that space and what to do with the space once we've made it. And I really hope that I'm offering this conversation to you at the right time and that you're able to do something with it because I think it's going to really change your lives. The things that she was talking about seemed so obvious, but when you like stop and think about them and implement them, like it really makes a huge impact. And that's all I want to offer you guys. 
So that's it for me. Thank you again so much for continuing to listen to this show. Like, wow. Um, yeah. If you heard my episode last week, like, you know how much it means to me to know that there are people on the other side of this microphone who are listening to the words that I'm saying. Like, that means more than you'll ever know. So I really, really hope I'm able to offer the type of value that I'm thinking I'm offering. Um, and that if that you're sharing it with people who need it too. Um, if you know friends, family, anybody who's looking for some new content to fill their days with during all of this, please, please, please share the show with them. They will not find it otherwise. <laughs> I don't know how else to get it in front of them. So you just giving them the name of it or sharing a link to the show or posting it in your stories, whatever it is, like that's the best way for other people to, to hear about it. Um, that's it for me. I appreciate you. I hope you're healthy and safe and I hope you enjoy this episode with Ali Casaza. Bye guys. Well, thank you so much for being like so game and ready and like ready to do this. I really appreciate yeah, it. No worries. Yeah. Um, well, it's nice to meet you, Allie. <laughs> it's nice to meet you too. I feel like we have really high cortisol right now, but like, it's <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, I, I, I run, I run high with the cortisol, so I'm We're used good. to it. We're good. Yeah, we're used to it. <sighs> All right. So dropping in, getting into it. Um, I'd love for you to do us the honor of introducing yourself. Like, let us know who the, who you are and what you're about so we can get started there. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So I'm, I'm Allie. I am married. I married, um, the kid that sat next to me in seventh grade algebra class. So we've been together for a really long time. <laughs> oh my gosh. I know we've been married. We've been together for a long time. We've been married for 12 years. Um, we have four kids. The oldest is my only girl, Bella. And then I've got three boys. Wow. They are nine, seven and five. Mm. Um, and Bella is, she's just, she's going to be 11, um, Friday. So wow. she's, oh my gosh, 11. Um, so yeah, we, I, in my business, I, have a business that I love that I started, um, just kind of based out of my own story and motherhood and life. And, um, in that business, I kind of just guide busy, overwhelmed women, um, through simplicity. We start at home and we build on top of that into their schedules and their obligations and their, their how they're feeling about their life, how they're feeling about, um, relationships and where they need more boundaries and just really kind of coming in and clearing all clutter in physical space and, um, kind of like metaphorical space as well. So that's, that's me. I love that. I'm so excited to dive into this with you because it's, I mean, right in my sweet spot, like the decluttering the physical and the internal. I'm all about that. And I have so many questions. Um, yeah. My first is if, like, where were you before you were doing all this? Like we, we know that you married your seventh grade sweetheart, which I think is the coolest story. I don't think I've ever <laughs> heard someone who married their middle school sweetheart, but, um, what, what did you think you were going to be doing? What was the original plan before this? If you had one? Yeah, I didn't really have one. I, um, I was friends with my husband throughout like middle, middle school and high school, but we weren't actually um, together until like the last second, like the last couple weeks of senior year. Oh, wow. So I was like, I'm blowing this popsicle stand. I hate this school. I'm done. Like, I'm definitely not marrying anyone from here. I don't even know if I'm going to get married. I definitely don't want kids. Like, I'm just going to go and like figure it out. 
And um, obviously that all changed and kind of turned into the opposite of what I thought. Mm-hmm. And I think too, at that age, like I wasn't really thinking, it's not like I was like, I do not want kids. I know that I do not want to do this. Like I just was going through the motions and like flying by the seat of my pants, which is kind of how I, how I live. Mm-hmm. Um, and then things just unfolded in such a different way. And I was told I couldn't have kids. And then there was Bella, like right after we got married, I got pregnant with Bella. And, um, and then we were just like, this is awesome. Like, let's just have a million more. <laughs> and so we did. <laughs> and so it just kind of unfolded. So before my business, I was a stay at home mom. Um, I landed there and I liked it. It was hard, but I liked it. And I had really no plans or thoughts of ever doing anything else. It just, like I said, I wasn't thinking ahead in that way. I just thought this was, this was it. And my family is my life and that, that's it. But, um, things again, they just unfolded in a different way. And I guess God had a different plan because I, I was, I started, I started having all these ideas almost like I couldn't, I couldn't control it. I had all these ideas and they were business ideas. And I was just kind of like, well, what am I supposed to do with that? Like, I don't have a business. Um, and then like, I really started to look back and see, I'd always been like that. I was always entrepreneurial. I always had ideas as a kid. And, um, these just started to come out of me. The older I got, I was like in my late twenties. Um, and I, the older I got, the more I started to just have these happen all the time. And I had like a little blog that I just, I like to write and I like to share. So I was doing that on the side. Um, and then really out of, I'm I'm trying to like summarize and I hope it's like making sense, but really out of force, like out of complete like desperation because my husband's job took a terrible turn with the, we got like married right at that big, massive, like 2007 recession. Mm. Um, And so really our whole lives was spent kind of struggling to find work, struggling to get it together. Um, The companies that my husband would work for were like always making cuts. So they were like, well, here's your pay, but like, we can't guarantee you full-time hours. Like it was just that kind of game for years. Um, and so finally out of desperation, like we had moved across the country to the Midwest. We were from Southern California and we live here again now. So this is like, we're, we're California people. We love it here. Um, and we moved to the Midwest for this big job with this big promise of this amazing life and amazing pay. And it just all was total BS. They, they lied they, the pay was a lie. Everything was a lie. We moved our whole family out there and it just fell apart around us. And that is when I was like, my husband always says that it was like that scene in Mulan where she's like, I'm done. I'm saving my dad. And like the music plays and there's like drums and she's like cutting her hair and like getting the armor on. My husband, whenever we watch that movie, he's like, there's mom. (laughs) back in 2015 because I just got to this place where I was like f this this sucks we do not belong here we are done with paycheck to paycheck like I believe that there is money and abundance and wealth for us and we are not getting it because this company doesn't care about us Mm -hmm. and it's time for me to like take take myself up on all these ideas that I've been having come to me that I've been keeping in this journal for no apparent reason. I'm like, it's now. And so I started my business and within a few months, um, within a few months we were making more than we had ever made at my husband's job. Oh my gosh. Wow. (laughs) And then how soon after did you go back to Southern California and is he, does he have a job? Like, did he start working again or do you guys do this together? No, we do this together. He quit. Um, he quit before I was really making any money, which was terrifying, but like 
we're adventurous. We do things together. We do crazy things together all the time. We take crazy trips with the kids that everyone's always like, I would never do that with my kids. I'd wait till they were grown. And it's like, well, that's why you hate your life Mm because you're waiting for the next season (laughs) to do anything fun. Um, but that was harsh. Sorry. No, it's not. (laughs) It's the truth. Um, yeah. But anyway, I, um, I, he quit his job and we had like a couple of terrifying months where we were like, oh my gosh, like, I hope we have food, but I was in the hustle to make it phase of the business. And I was like all in and I was so excited. And even though it was scary, I was just like lit up. Like I felt like I had not known what it was to have a purpose until I started that business. Um, and whenever I say that all the stay at home moms get really upset with me and it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with your individual unique, the way you were created and what you were created to do. Um, so anyway, yeah, I, um, we, we, he quit his job then and then everything exploded and we, I had like intentionally created, um, a viral post and it went, it did go viral. It took way longer than it should have, but it went viral. And we were at one point, our family's story was trending over the first presidential debate with Hillary and Trump in 2016. Oh my gosh. And it was insane. Like we had news people coming to our house and like knocking on our door and calling and it was so fun and so wild. And cool. so when that happened, because I'm a good businesswoman, I had included like a link to my courses that I sell and my courses are good. Like they change lives. So women were finding that and buying it like crazy. Mm-hmm. So along with this virality, like I had also like intentionally created that, that almost it appeared to be overnight wealth, but really it was like months and months and months and months of planning and hard work. Um, and so when that happened, we were like, well, we're still here in Arkansas. Like we don't want to be here. Let's go. And we were driving down the road one day and we saw a camper for sale and we bought it and we renovated it and made it super cute. And we left and we toured the U S for a year with the kids. Oh my God. Um, it was so, so cool. fun. It was so fun, but then I was done. Yeah. Like I was like, get away from me. I need a house. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we moved back to California after that. So it was okay. like probably all together. It was like a year and a half after I started the business that we finally like landed in this house back in Southern California. Okay. And did you do the whole like sell all of your stuff and like move into the camper kind of thing? Or was it like all in storage? Yeah. No, yeah. we sold everything. It was so fun and so liberating. Like so fun. I mean, it like broke, I mean, I teach minimalism and simplicity mm-hmm. and stuff. And so it really like, it really taught me a lot about what I teach women. Like it really, it tested my limits and it felt good mm-hmm. to get rid of everything. I only kept like precious things like photo albums and stuff, right. obviously. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, it was good. And it was liberating to like not have an address and like mm-hmm. go and see other parts of the country that I had never seen. And, and literally we lived on the sand at the beach for <sighs> three and a half months. Wow. And it was like, it was almost rent free. Like it was yeah. like, it's so cheap to live in the camper. It was so fun. We, like, I learned how to cook like super well. Cause I just had mm-hmm. never really like known how to cook in this tiny little camper kitchen, like <laughs> listening to the waves. Like we would like buy fresh, um, fresh, uh, scallops. And like, I learned how to like, make like really good scallops, like by mm. the beach. Like it was just so fun. And the kids, like they were stacked in these little bunk beds. Like we had to like slide them into these little bunk beds, like pizza <laughs> and a brick oven, like just like slide them in and hope they were fine. Like it was so small, but so fun. It was a really sweet time. Wow. And have you always been like minimalist and like in that 
world of like simplicity and like decluttering and things like that? Or did you like get to a point where you like had to be that way and kind of perfected it? And that's where the, the courses came from. Yeah, it was more like that. I, mm. it came from a place of really just being like it. I think that when women hear what I do now, they're like, Oh yeah, I know about that because over the last like five years or so, minimalism has really become a trend. There's a lot of significant leaders. There's documentaries and best-selling books, but fast, like rewind way back before that, like nine years ago, I was there. I was super overwhelmed with my motherhood. I, it was like maybe eight years ago. I had like three under three mm-hmm. and we had done the normal American thing mm-hmm. where you just have closets that are full of stuff. And everyone jokes about like, Oh, don't open that door. That's not the bathroom. You don't want to open that door. It's crazy yeah. in there. That's the bathroom. Like, you know what I mean? Like you, you have these areas of your home that are overstuffed and you just, you accumulate things and there was no conversation about getting any of it out ever. Um, so we had this house that was like way too big for us, way too expensive for us doing the whole like young American couple thing of like too much too soon. And you know, just the whole thing. And I really had, I'm a really like spiritual person. I have regular conversations with God. Like it's just, I've always done that since I was a kid. And so I was sitting in my bathroom one day, like on the floor, just talking to God and just saying like, why am I doing this? Like, why is motherhood this big thing people aspire to when honestly it like, it sucks. All I do is clean up. All I do is like wipe boogers and butts and make snacks and clean up. Like what am I missing here? Do I have a serious like heart issue? (laughs) Like fix me, help me. Like what, what needs to shift in me or what I'm doing? And I think I was expecting like a philosophical, like you, your heart needs to be shifted. Like motherhood is servitude or like something that lined up with what everyone seemed to be telling me on the outside. But I really just felt like he directed my thoughts to like, look at how you do your day. And I, I, saw myself, I don't know if this is weird for anyone listening, but I saw myself going through my days and literally just maintaining like stuff. That's all I did. And I knew that that was the truth. That's, I felt it. That's all I did. And so I found like myself thinking this question, like, well, what if there was just less, like, what if it was just gone? Then I wouldn't have so much to do because I feel like I've got these precious lives in my hands and I love my kids and I want to be with them. But all I do is like get them busy so I can catch up like mm. wait for them to be asleep. When's the next time they're going to be asleep so I can get some peace and have a minute to catch up on the housework. That was my entire existence. And what I'm hearing a lot of moms say is like, that's their experience too, which means like, that's normal. That's the status quo. Um, and it absolutely should not be, and doesn't need to be. And I, I believe that in myself without having seen any examples, I just knew like, there's no way that we're here to do this for such a long chunk of life as motherhood is like, no. And I started, I just got rid of stuff to see what would happen. And what happened was my kids started playing better. I had more time on my hands. I was doing less dishes and less laundry. I felt freed up. I started to have Um, really deep feelings of guilt over how much free time I had with three under three. Like I started to feel like this doesn't happen. Like this is not, Mm. I'm not allowed to have this. That's when I started my blog, which ended up carrying my family and changing our life. Um, Like good things come when you have less. Mm. And and so like I created my courses out of that place, like for the mom that is there and she just doesn't, she's like, 
almost like at one last stab in the dark, I'm the last hope. Like she's believing me one last try that it doesn't need to be that way. And like, let's just trust me and let's just try this motherhood thing a different way and see what happens. That was, that resonated so, so much with me. Wow. I can totally understand why so many people like gravitate towards that. And that whole image of like last stab in the dark. I totally get that. It can be so overwhelming. You're like treading water. That feeling of treading Mm -hmm. water happens a lot, especially in the early parts of motherhood when you're like totally new and don't know what you're doing. Like you're just, well, it feels like it's out of your control because a lot of it is like, you can't Mm -hmm. control if your kid's going to have colic. Like Mm -hmm. you can't control if they're just all of a sudden, like afraid of something in the dark and they're not sleeping anymore when they're toddlers. Like you can't control those things, but we mothers are in control of so much else that we, we like to almost kind of just naturally get into victim mode. And I know that seems like really tough love, Mm -hmm. but it's just the truth. And if we would all just look at it and look at it for what it is, and we could realize like, this isn't tough love and hard to hear. Like this is hope. This is freedom. What if there's so much more that you're in control of than you ever thought? What if you can control everything you can't control better and lighten your load so that there was just less piled on top of you? So when your kid does have colic, when he doesn't sleep through the night anymore, when they're, you know, what's the reverse sleep sleep cycling or whatever it's called, there's like all these fancy terms for babies now. And I'm like, I didn't have, I just was like saying the F word over and over again over <laughs> coffee the next morning because I was so done. <laughs> but like they're doing all these things like then guess what you have a little bit less on your plate maybe you'll be a little bit more capable of taking that deep breath and being the mom in that chaos that you always wanted to be but you haven't been able to be because your whole life is chaos so when extra Mm -hmm. chaos gets thrown at you you're like yelling and snapping and you feel like the worst and it's not because you're bad at this it's because you're so stacked with overwhelm all the time that one little like tear in that saran wrap that's stretched super thin over the casserole of your life, like one little scratch and it all falls apart and stops working. And that is like, that's called survival mode and survival mode has a place, but we can't do motherhood from that place. That's not where you belong. Oh my gosh, exactly. And when you're in that mode, you're in constant fear of that tiny tear happening. So that's also on top of it, like that pressure, that fear, that anxiety of like one wrong move and that, that everything's going to fall apart, like constantly looming over you just makes it, it just compounds it. It exacerbates the whole issue. Exactly. Exactly. And that, and honestly, like that's living from a lack mindset. You're living in this place of like, I hope it's enough. Like, it's probably not. There's never enough time. There's never enough energy. I never get enough sleep. And, and while sometimes those things are true in motherhood, when you live that way, where you're like constantly in fear of that one little scrape, like we're talking about, that's literally living from a place that says that that's not abundance. That's not a growth, a growth place of like, it's all good. Like I'm, I've taken ownership of my life and my time. I know what I can control and what I cannot control. If I'm in a place in my life where my baby is not sleeping, I'm going to be saying no to a lot more. My business is going to have to grow a lot slower and it's going to have to be okay. I'm not saying yes here and pushing myself there and working out for an hour and a half every day and having this thriving, super sexy, spicy marriage. Mm -hmm. And my business is just like exploding. Like it's got, you've got to choose 
what is right now. And that's how you clear that space. And when you live in that place, that is having that positive mindset, being in that positive place where you're like, this is where I'm at right now. It is good. It is temporary. I'm going to miss these days one day. And I feel like I'm giving myself the space I need to focus on what really matters to me. If you say that your priority is your relationship with your kids, your relationship with your spouse, your partner, your faith, whatever it is, um, act like it, like clear your schedule for it. Then if it needs space, give it more space. If you can push and go all in and go harder in a certain season, then do it. But like, we've got to look at that saran wrap over our life casserole and ask ourselves like how stretched thin am I right now? Where can I create space? I love it. I love that image so much. Um, I would love to hear your thoughts on doing all of this on the internet because that's like where your business is living and where you're essentially like living and showing up. So I'm wondering, um, first, like, do you ever get caught up in the comparison game and like how that might manifest for you if you're, you know, this entrepreneur and working with your community, do you ever have like find yourself looking outside and comparing yourself or feeling like imposter syndrome and how do you handle that? Um, I don't struggle so much with comparison. I, I actually have never really talked this out loud, but I was thinking about this the other day, just in myself, because I had a, I do business coaching on the side and I had a client that was like basically resistant to my ideas for growing her Instagram because she doesn't like to spend time on there because she struggles with comparison. Mm. So I was having to kind of get into her head a little bit and, and think about as a person that would struggle with that. And I was realizing like, I really had to imagine, like, I really don't struggle with that. Why is that? And I think it might be because of all the like positive affirming I do of myself and the positive, like, I'm just always, if I have a thought that comes out of fear or lack, or there's never enough, or it's not good enough, I pick that up immediately and put it where it goes. And that's right in the trash can. Like that does not get to take residence in my mind. I mean, ever, I really, really control that. So I'm thinking that maybe because of that, I don't really feel like I struggle with, well, she's this where she's got that, like, I, I, I'm really in a place where I can applaud other women and not be like, I should have done that better. I just don't really go there anymore. Um, but I do struggle with imposter syndrome for sure. Because the thing is, is that when you're in the online space and you have influence there, and whether that is a couple hundred followers or a couple million followers or more, like you have influence there and people look at you and they immediately have expectations of you and what they think about what you're saying and that they think you should be act and, and speak like based on their expectations of you, if that makes sense. Like I get messages all the time, like you're a Christian and I heard you say shit and I'm following you. Well, go ahead, sweetie. That's what the unfollow door is for. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't know why you felt the need actually, I do know you felt the need to email me that and tell me how bad I should feel because I let you down based on the version of myself you created in your head and you're not my creator. God is. So I can mm. shake that right off. Like Amen. you've got to get to a place where other people's version of you is not your responsibility. It's not. And if for one second I go there and I let that take up residence in my head or my heart, I am no longer in my purpose. I am no longer, um, the woman that God created me to be. I am no longer able to be used for the good work of encouraging women. I am now focused on myself. So 
me trying to be more like the version of myself that other people, strangers who are following me on the internet, being more that version is actually the most selfish thing I could do. People pleasing is the most selfish thing you could do. And that is the truth because you're stepping outside of your purpose and you're no longer usable in the way that God created you to be usable. Um, if that makes sense. So I think, I think that that's the mindset I come back to, but that's not to say that I don't struggle. I struggle with imposter syndrome because there's so many women that have so many different versions of me in their head. And when I say or do something that doesn't align with that, it really shakes them to their core. They thought they had a friend. They thought that their friend was this way. They thought their friend had the same core values. They thought their friend would never say that word or um, have a meltdown or lose it on one of their kids, like, or um, go through a bad spot in their marriage. Like they thought that their friend was perfect. And she's not. So um, it's a constant struggle. And I think that mental health really needs to come into play here. Like I'll always have a therapist. Mm -hmm. I will always have a therapist. Um, having, I guess, tools, resources, people surrounding me as like buffers. Like it's like when you're bowling and you have those bumpers so that your ball doesn't go in the gutter if you suck. Mm. I'm the bowler that sucks. Like, <laughs> I need to have those bumpers and that's a therapist. That's quiet space in my month. I literally, I just cleared like 15 different appointments from the rest of my month because I realized I said yes too much and I'm going to disappoint those people. And it's so sad, but I take the blame for scheduling that in the first place. Like I must have space or my mental health will suffer and it will not be good for anyone. And and the only, and think about that too. Like the only reason I would say yes to those things is for what? To make someone else happy. Mm. And then in doing that, I'm now saying yes to them and no to my husband, no mm. to my God, no to myself, no to my kids, because I can't be perfect all the time. So somebody's going to get like the butt of that overpacked schedule and you know, it's going to be yourself and your family. Yeah. Man, that's right on. That's spot on. <laughs> That's so good. Like the, the people pleasing is the most selfish thing. I, mm -hmm. I've never heard it put that way, but it's really puts it into perspective because we're all, we all have this pressure to perform no matter what we're doing. We feel like all these expectations from all these different people and we have to say yes. But when mm -hmm. you sit down and prioritize whose expectations matter the most, those are the people who get your yeses first. And yeah. that's a really, really good place to be at. And like you were saying, it's, it's this constant struggle. I try and like reframe that in my head, that it's not a constant struggle. It's just a constant effort. Like it's just, a, mm -hmm. a, it's a job of all of us, not just us who are making a living on the internet, but everyone who's showing up there. Like Absolutely. it's just our job to like manage the relationship we have with it or else mm -hmm. it's going to get away from us. But, and using it for good. Like it doesn't mm -hmm. matter if you're an influencer or not. Like if you have just friends and family and coworkers following you, share happy messages that changed your life. Like share this podcast, share a book that you're reading. Like you have a responsibility. I, I really dislike when somebody like attacks me for you, you know, quote, using my, my platform to, or not using it to promote, you know, save the dolphins or <laughs> posting that I have plastic trays to organize my makeup when I could have more environmentally friendly trays. My passion is not your passion and my passion are not your responsibility. If you feel so passionate about not having plastic trays, get off your butt, stop texting to me 
and go make a platform spreading awareness of those of those things like we all have a responsibility the things you feel are just unacceptable and non-negotiable you feel that way because that's your core value and you need to share your core value no matter if you have a huge platform or not so I, I think that it's a mindset shift that everybody needs influencers um, just users of social media it doesn't matter if you ever have a conversation with another human or go on social media at all like you have a responsibility to share your core values and make it a happier place mm -hmm. instead of just complaining that so and such whoever celebrity isn't using their platform or what you think they should use it for hundred percent and hundred percent agree and along with that making sure that the content you're consuming is people who are doing that like make yes. sure to surround yourself with that content so that it's just this constant fueling of getting you to do it and inspiring other people to do it and then the train keeps going in that direction there's no space and room for the people who aren't doing that it's not absolutely worth anyone's time I agree. I so agree. You can, you can control how the internet feels for you. So many people complain like, Oh, it's just such a negative space. Like, well, you, you realize that you're choosing to follow it. Unless you're talking about the news, like mm -hmm. even that you can control, yeah. like you, you're choosing to follow these people. If somebody makes you feel, I like to think of it like this. If somebody makes you feel something bad about yourself, like, don't just like, don't just unfollow them, but think about it. Like, everything that somebody says is a mirror for yourself. So if somebody says something that was convicting or made you think, or didn't, you didn't like it, why didn't you like it? Is there something to be learned about yourself here? Could you use that as a tool to grow yourself into a better person? Or is this just negative and you don't, you don't want that in your day, like remove them. Mm -hmm. But I think that we can really, we could turn social media into such a tool for self growth, but no one's doing that. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've, I feel like I'm hope I'm hoping. I mean, I want to be a part of this tide turning, but I'm hoping we're moving in the direction because we've we just kind of joined, like jumped on the train as it was starting. You know, like nobody really yeah. thought to put like to to ask questions and be like and poke holes in it. We kind of just passively jumped on this train and have all just kind of grown up now and are adults now with it, and we're starting to realize like oh. This is affecting us negatively. Oh, it's going to affect our kids negatively. And now we're this. I feel like it's the same conversation you have. Now we talk to our kids about safe sex. Now we talk to our mm -hmm. kids about tobacco. Like we learned the previous generation learned, oh, this is making us sick. We're hurting ourselves, all this. So now we can have those conversations with our kids. And I feel like I'm hoping that's mm -hmm. our generation's job is to figure out what that conversation is and how to have it with our kids. And we can't I until agree. we figure it out ourselves and make it a healthier place for ourselves. Exactly. You're so right. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. That's, that's what I want to, that's my preach, I guess. That's what I'm preaching. Yeah. I love it. It's so important. It's so important. And like, also like I'm huge on action steps. So like, mm -hmm. what does that look like? Like, don't just listen to this and be like, yeah, that's so great. Right. What are you going to do about it? Like be mindful when you're on social media, don't just scroll. If something, and that's the other thing too, like I touched on it a minute ago, but like, people always say if something's negative, if something makes you feel bad, then like just delete them. Well, ask why is there something that is bothering you because it's, you wish you were more like that. Like mm -hmm. lean into that. Let it make you grow. Like I, I, I want to know, like, what are you guys going to do about it? Like take an action step, share this episode, spread the love, spread the self-awareness, and then say like, these are the three things I'm doing on social media this week to take action on this once and for all. Like be an action taker and a problem solver. Don't just lie back and like listen to this and like, oh, that was, that made me feel good. And then do nothing. Like 
get up and do something. Yes, exactly. And it's as simple as, like you said, like next time you feel something negative, use that negativity for something productive. Learn something. Mm-hmm. Like just ask yourself one simple question. Like, why is that making me feel negative? What can I learn? Or spend a couple of days without the apps and see how that makes you feel. Like plan ahead and think about your relationship. Just even sitting down and thinking about your relationship with social media is an action in and of itself because most of us have never sat down and done that. So there's Mm -hmm. so much you can do to have a healthier relationship with this stuff. And I think just like you talk about decluttering and minimalism and all of that, that entire lifestyle can exist with your use of social media and with your use of technology. And I'm sure that's something you talk about. Oh, absolutely. It has to exist. Yeah. Like it it has to. And I know like we're running over the time limit that I set, but it's fine. She can wait a second. Um, (laughs) I only have one more question before we go anyway. So that's fine. Like I want to say too, like, this is for, this is for me, this is for all of us. Like the other day I was um, watching the Instagram story of somebody that I really admire and respect. And um, she was posting that she was like going on a trip and I had no, like she just came back from a trip and then like another trip before that and another one before that. And I had this thought of like, geez, like, it's she's like as I'm never home like her family must and I stopped and I was like whoa like <laughs> what did what did this mirror show me about myself that I'm having this this condescending thought about this person like this is embarrassing to admit but like I just want to walk you guys through it because it's real we have to show up in this way mm. so I stopped I stopped scrolling I closed Instagram and I thought and this is an action step of how you use it as a tool for self-growth mm. I stopped and I thought like okay what is going on. And basically I spent like maybe five minutes just thinking inside of myself amidst all the noise of my kids. And I just realized I'm burned out and I need a break. And seeing her taking all these breaks made me jealous. Mm. So I canceled the rest of my month and I made a break. You are in control. It doesn't matter if you have a job or you work for yourself or not like you, there is some give you can create. And when we use social media as a tool like that, like instead of just unfollowing her, because like, I just didn't like that. I felt a negative feeling. I want to protect myself from negative feelings. I leaned in and I was like, Whoa, why do I feel like this about this person? And it was me. It was me being jealous and working too hard lately and needing a break. So I, we, I booked a weekend away with my husband and I canceled the rest of the, all the other press for my mom. So there we go. Like that is an example of, of flexing that muscle on social media. Exactly. Thank you so much for showing that honest example and like sure. revealing it. Cause that is exactly right. And it, it helps people understand how it, how they can do it in their own lives. Cause I'm sure they've felt that same, that same thing. Um, my yeah. one last question before I let you go is if you can offer just like one piece of life advice in the realm of like what you offer so that listeners can like take one action step towards feeling that freedom in their, as a parent or as a person in general, what's one thing that you think they can start with to go in that direction? Yeah. Um, I think that like the social media stuff is great. And, and I'd encourage you guys to do those things that we talked about, but also like in my experience and in my expertise and what we talk about at, you know, over at alexasaza.com, it all starts at home. So I really want you to just take a minute. Your house is not too far gone. It's not too messy. You're not too busy. Just take a second and think about one area that just really feels heavy inside your spirit. Like, yes, the stuff in your home can like echo in your, in your spiritual self. What in your home is echoing in your spiritual self that just feels really heavy. You really hate going in there. You really like 
you just don't like, maybe it's your room. Maybe you just really, you go in there at the end of a long day. And instead of having this like restful haven, you just feel stressed. Like there's just books piled and papers and laundry. And it's where you shove things and shut the door when people come over, like deal with that make some time, cancel your lunch plans on Saturday and just stay home and play some Taylor Swift and get your room cleaned out. Like take some action and make it happy. You're not being punished. You're creating space and knowing that literally when you make decisions about those things in that one space, that doesn't feel good. You are very, very physically creating more time in your day. And Time is an unreplenishable resource. This is like one of the only ways you can physically, literally create more time. So that's beautiful and that's amazing. And if you guys just did that this week, oh my gosh, you'd feel so much better. It is so therapeutic to physically clear clutter. I am, I mean, I'm listening. I'm doing it. <laughs> like you Do inspired it. me. My bedroom is that exact place. Like it's the one mm-hmm. we just moved in like in May and the whole mm-hmm. house is perfect and beautiful. And our room is like the last thing we've ever, ever cared it about. Always, it always goes that way. Yeah. And, so know, it's like it a storage unit. It doesn't be perfect, but like it can be clean. It can yeah. be like, I'm excited to be here. Like I right. love my room. I love coming in here and it, it used to not feel that way. It really matters. Yeah. I'm going to definitely work on that with my husband this weekend, I think. Um, and yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time and for rolling with the punches at the beginning. Um, (laughs) and if you can call out one more time where everybody can find you, I'll link it as well. But, and if there's a, something that you want, that you're like promoting right now, like one of your courses, um, so people can know about it. Yeah. Um, you know, I want to promote whatever course you guys need, like go Mm. and just connect. Like I, I host the purpose show. It's a podcast start there. Um, I'm Mm. on Instagram, uh, uh, search me on Instagram, Ali Casaza and and connect with me there and, and tell me what you're heavy in and I can help you with. We have courses on moving stress-free, um, your home, your calendar, your life, um, got business coaching stuff. There's so much, wherever there's heaviness, I can help remove that for you. So just go connect. Alicasaza.com. Like you choose your adventure because I'm here to show up for you guys. Wow. That was the perfect answer. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with me. And what do you have going on after this? I know I have a call, but what do you got going on the rest of the day? Yeah, I've got um, two more interviews, one that I'm giving and one that I'm doing. And then um, I'm going to like nap because I need to nap and I have a webinar tonight. So I got a nap before that. Great. Well, thank you so much. I, this was so much fun. I'm so glad I got to meet you and hang out with you and I want to keep doing it. So I'll definitely hanging out with you on the internet for sure. For sure. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Thanks, Allie. Have a good one. Okay. You too. Bye guys. All right. Perfect people. I hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. If you want to continue the conversation, you can find us on Instagram at Perfect Podcast. That's P-E-R-F-C-K-E-D Podcast. And if you're into the show as much as I am and know other people who should be doing this thing with us, Pixar didn't happen. Make sure to screenshot this episode inside your podcast app and share it on Instagram, making sure to tag us. And if you want to take it a step further and make this relationship Facebook official, you can join our private Perfect People Facebook group where we hang out with strangers on the internet. You down? Cool. Hit subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends, and tune in next week for another conversation with a real person talking about real life in real time. Same time next week? 
Cool. See you then. Later.